Hey friends, before we get started, we have something to celebrate. This is our 25th episode, which means we have spent nearly 25 hours with you opening God's Word and talking about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. Whether this is your first episode with us or if you have been around since episode one, we are so grateful for you. We hope this podcast has blessed you as much as it has blessed us. And to celebrate this milestone, we're giving you 25% off your next order at shopshereadstruth.com when you use the code PODCAST25. Let's get to that 25th episode. Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth you find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers, and my other host, Amanda Bible Williams, is here this week. Yay! It's so good to be back. I'm so glad to have you back. And just in time for this episode with our dear friend, Ellie Holcomb. I would have been so sad to miss this one. We love Ellie so much. She's a singer-songwriter. She is a children's book author. She's a fellow Nashvilleian. And she has a new book out called Don't Forget to Remember, which is one of the reasons we thought she was perfect to talk about this last week of our Promises study. You're going to love this episode as we talk with Ellie and stick around to the end because she might sing for us. Let's go. So this is our second episode back. Not back. We're not back exactly, but we are not on Zoom recording episodes anymore, which is a real relief. And so that means we're here, but we're like not touching each other. When we need something, we toss it to the other person and then Clorox wipe it. That's right. Yeah. So it's good. It is. But it's so good to like see eyes and like people and not screens and not have like delays. I mean, Ellie and I got into our cars and drove here. That was fun. It was so fun. (laughs) It's a big adventure. It was like a little field trip. Yeah. Feels good. I'll take a field trip any day right now, actually. Just any reason to get in the car and go. Yeah. But especially coming to y'all, I was really excited. (laughs) I'm curious, something that has been interesting to us, we've heard that a lot of podcast listenerships have dropped significantly because people aren't having commutes and that type of thing. But interestingly, our listens have not shifted at all, which means I guess that people aren't listening to us in the car. They must be listening at home or I guess at home at this point. But anyway, I'm just so curious. Listeners, where are you listening to us? Where are you listening? Are you doing the dishes? We need to wait a survey. Yeah. We'll find out. Are you taking a walk? Go to shereadstruth.com slash survey and answer a short survey. (gasps) Yeah. Answer a survey. Tell us about you. We'll make one before this goes live. It'll appear magically. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I'm curious. But yeah, so Ellie Holcomb, our dear friend, It's funny, the people that we have on our podcast, I like to think that Amanda and I have known the same amount of time, but that's like almost never true. Like Ellie and I have known each other like six years-ish, Yeah. but Amanda and Ellie were born in the same hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Untrue. Not false. (laughs) No, but like y'all have been friends for like double digits. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. We really have. It's been six, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. 14 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. Oh, our friendship is like a a, a a high school sophomore. I don't know. (gasps) Sophomore year is so fun. I like sophomore year of our friendship. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's only going to get better. It is. Yeah, we've been friends a long time and we, you know, we knew each other pre, let's see. Yeah, pre-kids because we were friends before my oldest was born. I know it. She's so awesome. And I mean, my kids grew up you know, on your music and Drew's music and just like watching you guys practice and 
Like it just was so fun. It's just those are really sweet memories and kind of in the same neighborhood. Ellie and Drew have been the soundtrack to so much of our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, on so many levels. Like one of our immutable in biblical terms, <laughs> immutable <laughs> um, Christmas traditions is the Shermahorn concert. And oh, we get the same seats every year and we text photos to Ellie and I say know. how beautiful she and looks I in know, her dress. And I know where to look for yeah. you guys. I'm yeah. just like, there they are. I can't really see you, but I know that you're you were there. there. <laughs> and every year Hazel accidentally drops something from the balcony. <laughs> That's so funny. So that's just a nice tradition as well. But then even, I think I told you, Ellie, probably a week or two ago, I was feeling particularly stuck at home. Mm -hmm. And I have a candle that I burn that I burn so rarely. And it's just like this favorite. It burns in the lobby of the Nomad Hotel. And so like I buy it and I don't burn it ever because it was very expensive. But I lit that candle and turned on the IGTV on Drew's Instagram and just like auto played all of your kitchen covers and just like sat down and like smelled a good smell like I was in a different city and like heard good music and it was just one of my best escapes of this whole quarantine it was so So good like you guys are just such a soundtrack in our home and then for Mm -hmm. you to talk about that your kids have grown up on Drew and Allie Well, and I was thinking too, one of the memories that the three of us have in common is when Ellie was at our virtual party for She Reads Truth. Yeah. Was it Christmas or was it the Kickstarter? Both. I think both. I was there for both. I think Christmas might have come even before the Kickstarter one. It's around the same time. I think so. And one of your songs was sort of the soundtrack behind our Kickstarter video. That's right. So way back when, we only hope I've got kickstarted the she reads truth app a long time ago 2014 you that is that is sweet to Uh remember like it just seems like the app has always been there it's such a friend to me oh i love that testimonial it is but it it is i remember like before that i was just going to the website so i'm just Mm -hmm. it's really fun to watch your friends and people you love so much steward and care for something that you love so much that then feeds you. Mm. It's just, and kind of what you're saying before is like our music has fed you. And that is mm-hmm. the work of being followers of Jesus, right? Like we use the gifts that God has given us and we break them apart and feed each other. Yeah. It's true. And I mean, I remember when uh, Red Sea Road came out, like how deeply yeah. it ministered to me just as a person, not even as, you know, Ellie's friend, but like just as a person listening to these truths set to music, I mean, and I've returned to it time and time again. And Edda, my daughter has returned to it time and time again. I mean, she has a record player in her room and it's one of, mostly she checks out vinyl from David's library oh <laughs> of vinyl, but Red Sea Road is one that she owns and that she keeps in her room. And sometimes she'll go to sleep listening to it. And it's such a gift. I mean, we said similar things to Andrew when he was here. It's just Mm -hmm. like, thank you for just what you said. Like, I feel the same way about you and Drew for stewarding your gift well, because we reap the benefit of that all the time. And a lot of times we'll think to tell you, but a lot of times we don't, you know, and we just, it's ongoing. You can Mm -hmm. just trust that it's ongoing, that ministry. Yeah. Well, And don't forget the little EP that could. I mean, we... I'm trying to remember what year that was, but we wanted to make an album as She Reads Truth. And so we started with a five song EP and Ellie came on and recorded Amazing Grace. 
And oh, I remember so going to your dad's studio. Yes. And you invited us back behind the mic. And I was like, oh, you don't understand me yet. You don't know about me. <laughs> <laughs> you were pregnant with Huck. I was. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I know. He'll be five this summer. Yeah. So wow. it's like. That's amazing. Gosh, but I think Amanda long. maybe joined for the song, but I, I reminded Ellie about how my singing sounds like fan fiction. <laughs> oh, I don't. I didn't know I did not. I joined in my heart. In my heart. Only oh, in my that heart. That was a joy. That was fun to get to be there to record that. Oh, it's so sweet. I know. We really have been kind of like in this together. Yeah. For, and for a while. It's true. And it's why this conversation, we've been so looking forward to this. And I'm so thankful that the three of us can sit in the same room. That feels like a miracle in itself it in right so now. many ways. And have this conversation with you, Ellie, because the promises that we're going to talk about are promises that we talk about offline often, mm-hmm. you know, that we yeah. remind each other of and that we cling to on each other's behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, there, what is time but a construct? <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know, you, both of you reminded me of those and clung to those for me and with me. And that's something that we have done in our friendship for a long time, all three of us. And so, you are the people I want to talk to about God's promises because I've watched it. Mm -hmm. I've watched, I've learned about God's promises in the context of our friendships. Mm Yeah. 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 For this study, for this promises of God's study, I knew two people that I wanted to be guests. I wanted Scarlett. I wanted that girl Mm -hmm. to come and she did everything that I hoped for and more. That girl loves what is true. And so if you haven't listened to that from last week, listen to it. It's fantastic. But then I knew we needed Ellie because Mm -hmm. you can plug and play Ellie into any episode, any plan, because she loves scripture. But what we know about Ellie is that she calls them fighting words. (laughs) You are one of the adult humans in my life who loves to memorize scripture Mm -hmm. and you use it as fighting words against your own worry or against the attacks of the devil. And you use them on behalf of other people. Before we started recording, you were talking about that you are memorizing ABC Bible verses right now with your kids and other things. And you not only love God's word, but you demand that it be true. Like in your life, you demand that you live as though it's true. Yep. I think Tim Keller said this once. I quote Tim Keller a lot because I love him. (laughs) (laughs) And I say his name like, well, Tim says it like this. Like Uncle Tim. Yeah. (laughs) He is hereby known as Uncle Tim. But he does, he says that... As followers of Jesus, we can come to God and pray. And he says we can sue him for everything he's worth. And I'm like, Tim, (laughs) what? And he just said in the sermon that I listened to, what father doesn't love a child to say, dad, you said, dad, you said this, like, help me believe that this is true. And that is how, I mean, even as I was reading through this week of this study, I just, I literally was just like, yeah, you said this. It was so good. Yeah. Just the timing of this study feels really, really, really sweet. And Drew came in my room last night because I was sitting in all of these beautiful promises that y'all, you know, kind of laid out so beautifully in this study. And I had some like Ben Howard music turned on real low, like just a vibe. And I was just sitting in bed and just smiling and my hands were up to the ceiling and he was like, are you okay? And I was like... I just love the word of God. I need it. <laughs> I was like, 
it is just, it has been like a buoy to Mm -hmm. my soul. It's helped me lift my soul and then also anchor down in like the most beautiful ways time and time again. Like it doesn't get old and I'm so grateful for it. We, we were talking with the team this morning on staff meeting and During staff meeting, we read from scripture, of course, and so we're reading from the promises study right now too, but we also share what is on our hearts and how we can pray for each other. And it's a heavy exchange sometimes, but then to come out of that into prayer and to just pray the things that we're studying, to say like, Lord, you said that you have a plan for us, that you have a hope for us, that you are our hope. And to just like name those things, you told Joshua, you will never abandon us. And in Jesus, all your promises are yes, and they're extended to us. And so to claim that is one of the best ways to take our aches to Christ. It is. That's I, what we did this morning. That's exactly right. I think especially in times like this, all the time, it's good to do that. But especially when we're, we've never done this before. None of us have. It's like our first time and we don't know how to do it well. <laughs> or I don't know. It just is, there is a lot to figure out. And so I think especially during times where a lot fills up in the air and uncertain. This is one thing that is the thing that is steady, whether we're thinking about it or not, whether we're acknowledging it or not. I was talking with a friend in a conversation the other day and just, we were talking about that Philippians 4. Is it okay that we're going? I mean, because this is in this week, right? Yes, Philippians 4. Go. Is it in the Bible, Ellie? It is in the Bible. <laughs> you can talk about it. But just um, in that Philippians 4, 4 through 7, the rejoice always, I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that transcends our understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And we were just kind of leaning into that. And she just said, you know, the other day I just needed to take time and I just sat And I thought about this study because she said, I sat and I wanted to write out the riches that were mine in Christ and these promises that God gives us. And Mm -hmm. so she just said, she started this list. She just jumped out from that verse in her Bible and started writing like, okay, peace. Like I have access to peace. I'm able to access peace because he is our peace, even in the middle of storms. And I am a child of the most high God and I will inherit what he, like my inheritance is sure. The economy is crazy, but my inheritance is certain. And so she just, she said, as she was just, we were just like, man, when we take the time to anchor ourselves down in the promises of God, there is a perspective. It doesn't take away the hard scenario that all of us, I mean, there's a thousand things that we can grieve right now and that we should grieve right now. That that we should lament, Mm -hmm. but we can also have like, he says, come to me. This is in the study too. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest for your soul. Like, I just, I am like, that is a promise. And so we can come with our burdens, with our lament, with our sorrow. He's a man of sorrows himself. So I just, I feel like the timing of this and God, obviously he's not surprised by any of this. Creation isn't worried. Spring is still coming. Like, but it is such sweet timing to me to just, and that's what happened as I was just anticipating this beautiful conversation as you both have done for so long, for so many years, have just said, here's the word of God, feast on it. Mm -hmm. And I 
just felt like I was in a boat of, I felt my spirit was so lifted, like probably like felt the most hope filled last night as I was just sitting in these promises from this week. And I'm like, y'all, we don't have to starve. We don't have to starve. There's a feast laid out before us. Yeah. Thank you for setting the table beautifully. There does not have to be a famine. There is a feast. It's just true. It is. And when you were saying about that we can be called God's children, that our inheritance is sure in him, like that's the first day of this week. It's this, I will adopt you into my family, which goes beyond like the things that are true. We know we have forgiveness in Jesus. We know we have eternity to hope for in Jesus, but we get to be in his family. Like we're adopted. We get to call God Abba. What Jesus called God, we call God. Like the relationship is so much more than just a transaction of you get forgiveness for the things that you've done. You're forgiven. It's no, you're my child. I am crazy about you. I am crazy about you. I am for you. You made a mistake. I love you anyway. Quote me back to me. Like that's the level of relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And we talk so much, you know, even in this study about the concept of the already and the not yet. Mm -hmm. And for me, the not yet is a bit easier to comprehend in a weird way, Yeah, you know, because a lot of times we look around at what looks true right now, you know, and you've been talking about just life in a pandemic, like we don't know what we're doing. We're all just doing our best. And there is so much that's uncertain. And what struck me about this Monday reading about today's reading So this is day 15. I will adopt you into my family. As I was reading through the scripture is that the certainty and the currency, like the language is current. So, you know, it's God has made you an heir in Galatians 4. It's um, in Ephesians 1. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. And then later, in him we have redemption. He richly poured out on us with all wisdom. Like it just keeps going. In him we have also received an inheritance. In him you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So it's so much... The tense of these words is so worth paying attention to. Like it has been done and like you are like present tense, past tense. And there is the will. There is the like, there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more tears. Yes. And that's not yet. That's That's not yet. And it's okay to say that's not yet. But look at what we have in the not yet. Look at the already. Look at the already. (laughs) Yes. The already is amazing. And so you talked last week, Rachel, about the conversation that you and I had in the hospital parking lot and how, you know, you refused to tell me that everything was going to be okay. Because, I mean, I suppose in one sense as believers, we can say everything's going to be okay. We have a hope in the future. We know this is true. Yes. But in the context of what was happening, that would have meant something that was not true. Yeah. And so you Mm. refused to say that. So for us to say that the not yet... You know, for us to use that as like a, everything's fine. You don't have to cry. Like I have to catch myself all the time Mm. from telling my kids, it's okay. You're okay. Mm. Like I have to catch myself from saying that to Toby all the time. I mean, I do say it in a comforting motherly way a lot of times, but like if he's upset about something, I have to remind myself constantly to use other words because for him right then, it's not okay. Mm -hmm. He's hurting, like he's physically hurting. Mm -hmm. And so for me to say, to come up to him and say, it's okay, then he suddenly... 
he looks at me and thinks, you're crazy. I'm in pain right now. Is my pain okay? Mm -hmm. No, it's not. And so I think it's so important Mm. and empowering for us to say, yes, all of these things, the tense that is used in the New Testament, that these things have happened and these things are true right now of us is so important. And then to also say, but you know what? The world is still in the not yet. It's still not yet. (laughs) You know, that the reality of our broken bodies, the reality of our broken world, those things, we can't be so quick to write those things off and say, you know, well, no, like we don't have to grieve that or lament that. Like Mm. you said, there's so much to lament right now. And it will always, Rachel, remind me of devotional that you wrote years and years ago now where you talked about the concept of get well soon Mm -hmm. that we so badly we cling to this like get well soon sentiment Mm -hmm. you know and it's like but you know we've talked on this podcast we want to get past the pain that like there's so much fellowship with christ to be found in suffering and the point is not to rush through it. The point is just his presence in it. Mm-hmm. And that's so much easier to say than to live, but it's still true. And I'm so thankful for the reality of the already yeah, and the promise of the not yet mm-hmm. and right. that we don't have to pretend like the not yet has happened. <laughs> we don't. And that's okay. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. I, just everything that you're saying is reminding me of this story that a mutual friend of ours has shared with us, Sarah McIntosh, and mm. her little boy was getting his cast off. Remember this? Yes. And he was so scared. The nurse walked in there with, you know, the saw. <laughs> He's like freaking out, climbing on her. It's so scary. And he's like, that woman is not coming at me with that saw, mama. You know, he's so scared. And she looked at him and said, I can see that you're scared right now. Are you afraid? And he's like, yes, (laughs) of course I am afraid. And she said, I can see that. That's okay. She said, do I look afraid? Look in my face. I want you to look in my face and just see, do I seem like I'm afraid right now? And he goes, no. And he goes, does she look afraid? And point to the nurse. And the nurse is kind of like, <laughs> you know, like she's like, he's like, no, she doesn't look afraid. And she said, what if you're allowed to be afraid? But what if you sat here? Do you think if you sat in my lap and looked into my face that you could just let her just know that I'm not afraid for you, but I'll hold you in your fear. And I was just like, oh, that is Jesus. And she said later on that week, she was in her bed, you know, worries. You know, when we lay down at night, I don't know if that happens for y'all. Is mm-hmm. that just me? But like you lay down at night the and, the and, then, start, and then come the scares. <laughs> and, yeah. yes. and then your like thoughts start circling mm-hmm. and you worry and it grows. And she said that was happening. All these thoughts. Oh gosh, what am I going to do about this? How am I going to make it through this season? I don't have enough. I'm not enough. And she just sensed the Lord say the same thing to her. Hey, are you afraid? Are you afraid right now? What if it's okay for you to be afraid, but look into my face. Do I look scared right now? (laughs) And I just, that is what the already feels like to me. Like, hey, you are here and we're not, there's so much that's not yet Mm -hmm. healed. That's Mm -hmm. not yet whole. But right now, here are all of these promises that right now you are forgiven. Right now you are held. Right now you are not alone. Mm-hmm. Are you burdened? Are you weary? Come here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Sit not too much lap. for me. Call me Abba. <laughs> Our relationship is not a contract. It is a covenant. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a relationship. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why. And growing up in the church, 
I'm so grateful for that heritage, but somehow, like, somehow I just interpreted the gospel as like, I am good enough. I act good enough and then earn like I, right. grace is offensive, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're like, no, I have to do something. I need to hustle for this. Mm-hmm. And so I just spent so many years hustling for my worth mm-hmm. from God, from everybody in my life. And there has been such freedom in like settling into that identity of belonging yeah. of like, Oh, I belong and I don't have to do anything in the same way that when you carry a child, like all that child has done is make you very uncomfortable and nauseous and sick (laughs) (laughs) and they arrive and you just are, they didn't do anything except for caused you a lot of lost sleep and discomfort and realize that your body wasn't your own and your life isn't your own, which is like such a beautiful realization, but you are, they just belong. And that is like, I'm so grateful for that. So grateful. To actually rest in it being unmerited belonging. Like it doesn't have to be that you earn it at all. And you can't. (laughs) You can't. (laughs) And And that feels good to remind ourselves of just in this current time too. It's like you are not going to do this perfectly. You're not going to do social distancing, you know, this quarantine thing. All right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like, we love because he first loved us. We choose him because he chose us. I mean, Ephesians 1, I just read verse 3 earlier, but verse 4, if we continue on, for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. I mean, we kid ourselves often to think that we can muster this up, but God in love says, no, no, like, I chose you before you were even here on this earth (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do anything to merit this. And, Uh, you know, of course you can go on through Paul's letters and so what then do we just sin because we can and no, 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 no. Like you take this passage in the whole of scripture and know that of course not. Right. And Paul just says, absolutely Absolutely not not. (laughs) (laughs) because he's Paul. But that's one of the things I love about the promises, the kingdom promises in this week is that, you know, on one hand, it can feel a little tricky because, you know, a lot of the day tiles, for example, in this study, sometimes they're direct quotes from scripture, like something that Jesus said, or that, you know, the Old Testament scriptures say. But in this week, it's a whole reading of scripture, where we find what is true of God and of believers in Jesus. And so, like the one, I think it's Wednesday's reading that is... um I will provide for you. Like, you know, I don't know that that exact combination of words. It's not a direct quote. Right. It's not a direct quote, but it's all over scripture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to go to. In word and in deed. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, and to look at Psalm 23, and this is one of those places where I feel like the CSB version really hits a home run because verse one is the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Mm -hmm. And like, I've read that chapter in this translation several times at this point, and it just continues to hit me in like such a different way than it has for years and decades in the past. And it's just, no, it's not just a future thing. I shall not want. It's, no, it's a right now. I have what I need. 
Hey friends, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of our podcast sponsors, Skillshare. Skillshare is giving you, our She Reads Truth community, two free months of their premium membership. As a member, you'll get unlimited access to thousands of inspiring classes with hands-on projects and feedback from a community of creatives worldwide. So whether you're looking to explore something new or to deepen your understanding of a current skill set, Skillshare has got you covered. They offer classes on everything from how to make a podcast to how to master the perfect grilled cheese, which I must say, I think involves a tomato. Personally, I'm looking forward to enhancing my not-so-green thumb through a class they have called Happy House Plants with Chris Satch. Whatever you're looking to learn, head on over to Skillshare.com slash SheReadsTruth to claim your two months of their premium membership for free. That's two months for free at Skillshare.com slash SheReadsTruth. Okay, back to the show. I think probably week one or week two of quarantine, my neighbor, Dina, who I love, started painting rocks, flat rocks, and writing scripture promises on them. And she did like 70-some, at least to start, probably more now. But she put them all over the neighborhood because everybody was walking all of a sudden. Like, that was your opportunity to get out of your house. She was like, do some. And I got to like nine and like (laughs) ran out of steam. But the one that I put on the right side, like, we live on a cul-de-sac. And so on one corner, exiting our cul-de-sac, I have... The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. And on the left side, if I decide to turn left, I have Jesus wept. Mm. And Mm. so whichever way we go to leave our cul-de-sac to go for a walk in the neighborhood, we have the reminder that the Lord is our shepherd and that we have what we need. Mm. And we get this also comfort in reading Jesus wept. This is like we lament. Oh, it's both and. It's both and. And then we walk around our neighborhood and just read promises every hundred feet. And we need that right now. We it's need one that of my right now. Favorite things about this time that we're in, if you know, God redeems things, you know, even midstream, right? And just the way the creativity with which people are ministering to one another mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things that has come out of this. Of course, there's been a lot of really awful things mm-hmm. too. And I hope that goes without saying, but we're loving our neighbors differently mm-hmm. than we were. We're all two stumbling over truth and promises in our neighborhood right now. And like you said, we need it. Like, please we put need this it. literally in front of me so that I have to step over it. Yeah. <laughs> because I need to be reminded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I don't know what day it is, but I loved the day of I will bring goodness mm-hmm. from every broken and twisted thing. It's and it's Friday. Oh. Uh, <sighs> We can already see it. I mean, and it's not that we can't lament the hard things, Mm -hmm. but there is so much good that there's a feast for us, even in this famine season. Mm -hmm. And that feels like a famine in so many ways. But I do think like love your neighbors rings differently right now than it. it, Don't you feel like the, the concept of neighbor, it's both become more immediate Like I view my actual people who live near where I live differently, but I also feel a kinship with people that are across the world from me in a way that I didn't before. It's new. I don't know how to articulate it. I felt the same thing, Amanda. And I wonder if it's just, I mean, you were seeing news clips and sound bites of what was happening over in China at the beginning of all of this. And you're like, wow, that's crazy oh, wow, they're singing to each other. That's cool. That must be so hard. But then you land yourself in a quarantine and you're like, oh, I can't believe 
we're in this too. Right, I don't yeah. know. They're just, and we have the reference point. Now. We have the reference yeah. point. And I guess we've always had reference points. Cause like to be human is to suffer. Like it just like, it's, yeah. we all know. Sometimes people ask me like, what inspires your songs? And I'm like, well, scripture and then suffering. Cause I need to, for my own weary and forgetful soul, hang on to the promises of God. And so usually I'm writing a song to say, God, I believe this. I've seen this to be true, but help me believe that it's true today, right now, right here. And so there's already beauty that's growing out of this, even in that very keen awareness of, oh, we all are in need. (laughs) We all all suffer. We're all broken. And yet we all have hope. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on display in a way that we're not used to. Yeah, it is. It is. I was, I know, Rachel, you have my book over there. I'm holding it, looking at it right now. Well, I mean, go ahead and tell your story. Well, I just, (laughs) I thought about it (laughs) in this book, actually, as I was reading this week, because the book is called Don't Forget to Remember. And that's like our work, right? As followers of Jesus is to remember. And that's what I love that you help me do and so many people do as you just set the table. Here's his word. Here's the truth. Take it. Eat it. It's good. The book was supposed to release on March 3rd, which as it turns out is the day we were talking about earlier that the tornado hit Nashville and it went right behind our house. And it was like shook your house. Yeah. 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 Like we have like a lot of damage, broken windows and just the storm windows, but roof off. Yeah. It was I mean, the house is not scooted behind not unnoticed. Scooted. No, yeah. no. It was definitely the most scared that I've ever been in my life. You know, I just like still have like PTSD a little bit when yeah. storms come, you know. And then so that day, the day after the tornado hit, like that was when I was supposed to release this book. And we did not do that. I mean, we were out of power for a week. But so we didn't like officially release it. But that day I ended up with 10 kids in my house because we didn't have shattered glass everywhere. And there were a lot of kids who couldn't be in their houses in a safe way. And they walked in and saw the balloons and the flowers and the book laid out. And they were like, they all call me Lily. And they were like, Lily, what is that? What's, what are those balloons for? And I was like, well, I was supposed to release a book today, but you know, we're just going to wait obviously. Cause it's sad, scary storm came through. And so they're like, well, can we read it right now? So we end up reading this and y'all there is, <laughs> there's a page in there and it's just all the promises of God and that he reveals through creation. Mm-hmm. And it's based out of Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, mm-hmm. the skies reveal his glory. And I just thought, man, if creation is singing like, what's the chorus? What are the verses? Like, I want to turn the volume up. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I hope the book will do. But as we were reading, there's this page halfway through one of the little boys pops up. He's like, did you write a page about the tornado? And I was like, no, (laughs) I didn't. But then the next page was the page that you're on right there with the rainbow that says, when you see a rainbow after the rain, don't forget to remember God's love stays the same on glad days and sad days. God's near and he knows he can use any storm to make good things grow. And they were like, Lily, you did write about the tornado. This was the day after, like these kids' houses have been destroyed. And they're like, we are already seeing good. I've had like, so they start going around and naming the goodness that they were seeing. These little kids in my house and I'm just, they're like, why are you crying, Lily? I'm like, just because it's true. Like God's word is true. And I'm just 
grateful because sometimes I forget. And I wrote this book for you guys, but I needed it today. (laughs) And so they were like, all these strangers have been hugging me today. And here we are getting to spend time with friends when we wouldn't usually see. And they were like, we've already cleaned up the whole downstairs and all the glasses away because all of our friends came over to help. But I just, they were like, God really can't use storms to bring good. And I was like, yeah, even if they're scary and sad. So when I look at this week of Romans 8, 28, and that's sort of where I was coming from that page is sort of grounded in Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And it doesn't negate the pain. It doesn't mean that There's not destruction or brokenness or sorrow or lament, but he is near in the middle of that. And that is already good. Yeah. It's not (laughs) God works all things together for the easy of those, you know, for the ease of those who love him or for the comfort of those who like, we just, I think sometimes good looks differently than, Mm -hmm. than we want it to. One of the things that I love on the day Normally we quote scripture, but in this case, I'm going to quote our study book from the, I will bring goodness from every broken and twisted thing day, which is 19 in the little intro essay. It says through the cross, God has made a way for his goodness to permeate our world and overtake the curse we all live under. And then later at the end, it says all of the promises of God found in his word are as certain as he is good. And so that word good, like we use it in ways that I think weigh, you know, half a pound where this word good mm-hmm. weighs like three tons. So, you mm-hmm. know, like what we know as good is I think just a shadow of like God is goodness. And so, you know, it's hard. We can only read scripture through our experience, but then we have the Holy Spirit, you know, who gives us wisdom and understanding but you know it's hard not to just read Romans 8:28 and think oh well good in this case would be this this and this mm-hmm. or like the thing that just happened to not to have happened that would have right. been good that would have been really good right yeah. and so it's a challenge for me as a believer it's a challenge to my faith for me to trust that line in this essay that God's promises are as certain as he is good to remember that the promises are certain and that his goodness is other level. Well, and that brings us back to Sarah and her little boy. Yeah. What would have been good for him? His definition of good would be, don't come near me with that saw. Let's leave this cast on forever. Totally. Atrophy and everything that comes with it. Yeah. Stink. Yeah. But the good thing was totally different. The good thing wasn't defined by the child. It was defined by Mm -hmm. the parent. Mm Mm-hmm. And in that case, we know what happens if you leave a cast on, right? Like we can know that. But what's hard, I think, is when in a lot of times in an effort to comfort ourselves or to comfort others, we look at circumstances as having kind of an either or and Mm -hmm. like, well, positive charge or negative charge. Yeah. So you're saying the removal of my child from my life Mm -hmm. is for my ultimate good because of something else that I can see. And the thing is, is we just can't, we're human and we're limited and we ultimately, we can't. And also we don't have the authority to Mm -hmm. explain things like that away. No. And to say why those things happen. It's one of the struggles that I have in conversation, just not because a struggle with how people talk about hard things that have gone on in my own life, but 
it's not a frustration with the person. It's a frustration with our language and our ability to communicate things because we just can't, you know, we just, we can't really articulate the ultimate truth in this situation. You know, if we try to like explain things away. And so if you put things in terms of, well, this thing was taken so that this thing could be given, Mm -hmm. I, it makes my mind, Mm -mm. you know, it makes me real. Like in my head, I just can't because you're saying that that thing was worth more than this thing. And I'm like, maybe to you, but to me, like, I can't play that kind of monopoly money game with (laughs) that. And I don't think that's what people intend to do. It's not what I intend to do. I'm sure I've done this to other people, but it's just, we have to, there has to be a point. It's, you know, I think of be still and know (laughs) that I'm God where we just like, just stop for a second. You know, the Bible uses the word mystery more than once. And mm-hmm. it brings me comfort because so much of this, we're just not going to know mm-hmm. yep. until glory. We're just not going to know, but there are things that we know that's right. That we can rest in. I that's like, right. I like the language that you use that we don't have the authority to make sense of things. Right. Not even, we don't have the capacity, but we also don't have the authority. That's good. It's I need to so remember that. Good. It's so me good. Too. And just following what you're saying, everything that you're saying is so good. We don't have you're just saying we don't have the capacity to wrap our minds around it. But what if, what if we set our minds on the fact that his arms are wrapped around all of it and all of us and like he is holding us and he is with us even here. And I think this is where like this idea that we have a man of sorrows well acquainted with grief. It is, and that there is room for mystery that you have books like Job in the Bible. You're just like, okay. And when I look at Job, it's like, there is like a long, I've heard Tim say (laughs) that there is a long leash when we are suffering. He knows that there is like a working out of our faith that happens Mm -hmm. in that time. Like as we are like, what's the transaction? What's the answer? What's the right yeah. thing to say? What's the right thing to do? And he's like, rest in me. Yeah. I'm right here. Yeah. I'm weeping with you. You know, one of the things that I really wanted to do in this book, and we just couldn't find a good way to do it, but all of these promises, all three of the weeks, you know, the, I will bless you. I will not leave you or abandon you. I wanted to find a way to turn them around as a thing that we say back to God. Like even had played with, you know, the idea of, you know, each day title being, you will bless me. You will not leave or abandon me. You will set me free from sin. You will adopt me into my family. And it was, we felt like it was stronger to do it the other way, to keep the word from God as the main thing. But one way that we sort of a little bit did that was in the prayer responses every day where, you know, there's a prayer prompt at the end of every day where you turn to God and you say, thank you that you promised you will adopt me into my family. I claim that. Thank you that you said you will set me free from sin. Thank you that you said you would provide for me and you have. Thank you that you said you will bring goodness from every broken and twisted thing. I want to be the girl that says that to God. Like I want to know his promises so well that I know them for myself and I can share them with others. But I want to talk to God about what he promised me. I want to have that dialogue with him for my benefit, not his, but I want to have that dialogue with God. And I want to respond to scripture by talking to God about it. Dad, you said this. You said this. You said this. Yeah. I love it so much. I love this Psalm that is included in the reading for Friday, Psalm 31. I'm going to just paraphrase the Psalm and then 
read one of the verses, but it's a Psalm of David. And so David is just saying, you know, here are some things. (laughs) By the time he gets to um, verse nine, he starts to kind of list all of the circumstances in his life. And it's like, I am in distress. My eyes are worn out from frustration. I'm skipping around here. My life is consumed with grief. I am ridiculed. I am dreaded. I am forgotten. They're plotting to take my life. And then listen to verse 14. But I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. The course of my life is in your power. Rescue Mm. me from the power of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me by your faithful love. And it just such a, we are not the first people (laughs) to need reminders, to need to, you know, books called Don't Forget to Remember (laughs) and to need reading plans called Promises of God. Like we need to remember that these things are true. These are facts, like the suffering and uncertainty that we endure are facts, but they are not the ultimate truth about our lives. Mm -hmm. The ultimate truth about our lives, it resides in the one who holds the course of our life in his hands, Mm -hmm. just like you just said. And when you were doing that image, you know, when you were saying, Ellie, that, you know, what if we just, we remember that God has his arms wrapped around us. And I had that visual, you know, that you kind of gave by like looking like you were hugging a exercise ball, yeah. you know, like we're doing like a big, and it just in my head, I thought, and he's not even like straining, like mm. it, nothing's about to slip. You know, I think of like, oh, when I try to gather up, I have four children. If I tried to gather them up and like hold them in an embrace, it would be hard, right? And maybe a little uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Maybe a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Definitely not social distancing. But if, if, but the Lord, the way he holds us, even that, it's so sure, and there's no slipping. There's no, you know, the scripture that says, no one can snatch them from my hand. Like, this is not up for debate. Like, these right. are the things that are true. Everything that you're saying reminds me of the message translation of Matthew. The Matthew verse, come to me, all you who are weary and yes. heavy burden. But it's that, come and learn the unforced rhythms of my grace. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Lord, help me walk. Help me walk yes. in those, in every moment that feels uncomfortable, in every moment that feels overwhelming and sad. Yes. Help Amen. me walk in the unforced rhythms of your grace. Well, I hate saying, I hate saying this. We have to go. We have we to do. go. <laughs> but what if instead of doing beauty, goodness, and truth today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Ellie has her guitar. Yes, I do. Ellie, would you sing us out? Would you play a song? I don't even know what you have for us. I already know what I'm going to play because it just feels like the right thing. But can I just say this? I know we don't really have time for me to, but can I just do it anyway? I just, everything that you're saying, Amanda, earlier about, you know, just not being able to wrap our minds when, especially when we're suffering about, you're going to bring this good for this and the transactional nature of just, our human minds. We were in a parking garage not very long ago, and I'm looking at the little promise cards. It's like the one through nine, the little promises that when you say like one is when you feel lonely, two, you are waiting, three, you feel exhausted. And then there's a promise for each thing. What a practical, beautiful page to have in the study. What page is that? Is it... That's on page 1991. Yeah, it's a promises of God for when. Mm -hmm. I love it. And one of them was when you feel scared. That's number five. And it's John 14, 27. And this is something that we 
prayed in the middle of a lot of unknowns and your story and your family's story, Amanda. And it was peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. And man, I just love that he's not worried. None of this surprises him. We see it all over creation. Spring is still coming. The things that look dead are still coming to life, which is a foretaste of that last day that we didn't necessarily get to talk about, which I love so much. It's the we will feast in the house of Zion. It's there will be glory. It's the not yet that is coming, you know, one day. But I'm just so grateful that on the days that we feel troubled or fearful, what God gives to us is peace. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to make sense. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of peace like in Philippians 4, 4 but through we 7. We experienced that even that day, that Easter Sunday. I pulled into the parking garage alone after dropping Amanda off at the emergency entrance and sat there. And half an hour later... Annie pulled up and parked next to me. And not long after that, you came and parked next to her and we sat in our cars and we didn't know what to say. And we cried and we prayed and you just got out of your car and sat on some concrete thing and just (laughs) played your guitar and played some songs that have been written and some songs that you were writing as you were singing them. Just you were praying what is true. And we would just quietly in our car nod and go, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's That's true. true. And so that peace that I do not give as the world gives, my peace I give to you, that's what he gave to us. He really did. And we didn't have an outcome or an answer. And Mm -hmm. and it was so far beyond understanding that we would feel any sort of peace. Yeah. I'm just so grateful that that promise in Philippians that we talked about earlier, that we can rejoice because the Lord is near. He says rejoice always, and that feels hard to do sometimes, but the Lord is near. And I don't know him in spite of the storms that I've walked through in my life. I know him because in the in the middle of every storm, he shows up. He's with us in the boat, you know? And so I'm just so grateful that during this season, during every season, but especially during seasons that feel more uncertain, we can rest and we can remember the promises of God. So this is a song that comes out of Philippians 4, 4 through 7. It's called Find You Here. It's not the news that any of us hoped that we would hear. It's not the road we would have chosen, no. The only thing that we can see is darkness up ahead. But you're asking us to lay our worry down and sing the song instead. And I didn't know if I you here in the middle of my deepest fear, but you are drawing Gonna carry us through everything And you are drawing near You're overwhelming all my fears With peace you say that we can come to you With everything we 
to sing. Thank you for reminding me of that this week with this study with his word. He is good. <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> so for those who can't see us right now, we're all just sobbing essentially. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, I'm going to pray us out. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for not just giving us peace, but for being our peace. And thank you for the gift of knowing that when we want so badly to bring peace to ourselves and to those we love, that you are their peace too. <laughs> and that, um, that we just need to remind each other of you and of what's true. And there are promises that we don't have the authority to make, but there are so many promises that you already made and you do have ultimate authority to make. And so we pray, God, that you would just cause our hearts and our minds and our lives to be rooted, anchored, as Elias said, in these true promises from your word. And we pray that our lives would reflect that so that others can know this peace that does not come from ourselves. We thank you. We thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for the gift of the spirit. And we thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus who secures it all. In his name we pray, amen.
Oh, man. Thank you, Amanda and Ellie. Thank you so much. (laughs) We're just, you know, all gathering ourselves right now. Don't worry about it. Hey, friends, we will see you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for this Promises of God study. I hope that it was a really sweet three weeks for you. But I also hope that these three weeks really launch you into a new relationship with the promises found in God's Word, that you'll never be the same when you read those promises. That's what we really hope. And y'all, we will be back next week. We're going to start a new study from the book of Ecclesiastes. We're really looking forward to that because that is a not a light read, but it is King Solomon wrestling with what it means to live in life under the sun. And that's just life here on earth. And we're all wrestling with that right now. And so we're looking forward to getting to talk through that and think through that with you as we read that book. Y'all, we will see you next week. I say see you, you know what I mean. (laughs) Y'all, we will be with you again next week. And Allie, until then, what do we say? We say keep opening your Bibles. Mm.